Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 485. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, the show where we help entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs from around the world to skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. I am your host, Kelly Roach. Now let's get down to business. I'm thrilled and honored to have our special guest this month with us, Christy Wright. She's the number one national best-selling author of Business Boutique. She's a host of the Business Boutique podcast. She's a certified business coach and a Ramsey personality with a passion for equipping women with the knowledge and steps they need to successfully run and grow their businesses. Since joining Ramsey Solutions in 2009, she's spoken to thousands across the country at women's conferences, national business conferences, Fortune 500 companies, and of course, her own sold-out live events. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Christy, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. So first of all, give everybody a little bit of the scoop on how you landed on this uh, focus of helping with, you know, small business owners getting, you know, focused on what it is that's going to help them to be successful in growing their businesses. Where did that come from for you? Sure. Well, I actually got started like a lot of the women that, that I work with, where um, the business and the focus that I went into it started by kind of reflecting on myself. And I think a lot of businesses start this way, kind of like, what am I good at? What do I love? What are my passions? And and it starts very self-focused, which sounds selfish, but it's not at all. It's actually just understanding yourself and what you bring to the marketplace and what you could potentially bring. And then of course it shifts at some point to become others focused and and helping a specific market of people. But when you look at my story, um, I was raised by a single mom that started a little bakery, small business when I was six months old to raise and support me. And so I grew up in the business, literally. Um, I spent so much time there. You know, she pulled me out of bed at two in the morning, three in the morning to go bake. And so that's kind of the backdrop to my childhood. But then I, as I grew up, developed my own love of business. I went to college and got a business degree. I started my own side businesses in my 20s to help you know, kind of pay the bills and um, then became a certified business coach. So you start to see a theme here like business, business, business. And then I noticed, you know, there's a real trend that has been happening the last really probably, I don't know, seven or eight years um, where you're seeing millions and millions of Americans starting side businesses or small businesses simply because it's so easy. Um, The barrier to entry into the marketplace is lower than ever before. The risk is low. The cost is low. So you've got all these people coming into business for different reasons. Maybe they want to quit the nine to five. Maybe they want to stay home with their kids or make some extra cash. Um, But what happens is all these people get into business and then they realize, uh, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) What about taxes? What about trademarks? And how do I sell without being pushy? And how do I set myself apart from the competition? And I thought, you know, wow, there's a real need out there for someone that has a business background and business knowledge to simplify the business side of things so that all these people that are unbelievably capable can chase the stream that they have. And so uh, really reflecting on my past and my unique strengths is how I got this focus. And then it's been fun to see how, um, like I said, it's shifted to being very focused on the market of, wow, like this is not only a real need, but it's making a real difference and seeing the success stories of women that are exceeding their own expectations, um, quitting their full-time job. Their husbands are quitting their full-time job to come work for them because their business is so successful. Uh, it's really fun. You start to see the reward um, and the fruits of your labor. You're like, wow, this is, this is, uh, this is important work. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It's, it's so fulfilling to wake up every day and to get to be a, a part of these life-changing journeys for sure. And, and the way that it impacts not just 
the person, but then like you said, their spouse and then their family and, and then even future generations is just amazing. And I, I couldn't agree more. That's what I love so much about this space. Um, and then tell us a little bit about how you made the connection to join forces with Dave Ramsey and, and his team. Uh, that's, you know, they're one of the most well-respected financial organizations around the globe. Obviously, they've set a new standard, you know, in, in how they teach, you know, uh, you know, God-centered finance. And, and there's so much good about what they're doing. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's a crazy story. Um, so I have been here as of September. I've been here 10 years. So I actually was here first and then Business Boutique was started um, under this umbrella and on this platform. And so I actually started here as a project manager, a youth project coordinator. And I was working for non for a nonprofit right out of college and uh, worked for that for about three years. And like a lot of nonprofits, I love nonprofits. They do such great work. But a lot of nonprofits um, have few resources yes. and they just work their people into the ground for no money. <laughs> and so I got burnt out like a lot of people do. And um, I just felt this urge to move on to something different. And um, so I was standing on my deck one day and I was praying and I was like, God, I just don't feel like I'm ever going to find a company I believe in as much as the YMCA. I'd worked for the Y for three years. I love that we changed lives, just like you're saying. We did work that matters. It was important work. Um, and I was like, I just don't know that I'm going to find a company that I love as much as this company. And I know this sounds completely crazy. I realize this, but I literally had the thought, I felt God say, you're going to work for Dave Ramsey. And I thought, great. Who is Dave Ramsey? I had no idea who this wow. was, Kelly. And so I walked over to my computer and I Googled Dave Ramsey no. and it said based in Nashville, Tennessee. And I was like, well, great. I don't even have to move because I live in Nashville. And so I know it sounds insane, but I went through the interview process and was hired as a, um, youth project coordinator. And I did all of our kids books and Bible studies and, and, uh, just teen products and piggy banks and that kind of thing, um, for several years. Um, and then got into speaking about six months after starting here while also doing my full-time job, really just, um, as a result of, of a problem, we, we needed another speaker, um, for Rachel. And I kind of raised my hand and jumped in there. It's kind of like Cheryl Sandberg says in her book, she says, some of the most amazing career opportunities you'll ever have are not positions that are posted, but problems that you solve. And then that thing becomes your job. And so um, I spoke for several years while doing my full-time gig here. And then that turned into what is now uh, the Ramsey personalities and being a full-time focus. So it's just, it's, it's all very unconventional. It's crazy. It's not a logical <laughs> path, uh, but it's just uh, me kind of responding to what the opportunity was available, you know, and, and kind of going for it, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. I think that's my big takeaway that I give people advice all the time. Say yes yeah. before you know how, you know, I didn't know how to speak. I just said yes to the opportunity and that's turned to my, into my full-time thing. So interesting. And I think it's so powerful. It's such a good reminder, Christy, because I think that in life, we want all the cards laid out in the right. exact order. We want to know the what, the how, the when, right? The who, what, when, where, why, how. And then we're like, okay, and then we'll make the move. Right? right. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. And if you look back on all the best things in life, usually all of them came about in some crazy, unpredictable, like out of left field way. And it's like when you took a chance and you believed in yourself and you stepped forward in spite of fear that leads you to all the best outcomes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great point. I think that so many people do wait until they see the perfect path to success before they take one step. And, and that doesn't exist. And so, you know, anyone that's become successful knows you take that step of faith even when you don't see the path 
You say yes before you know how. Um, again, uh, in Sheryl Sandberg's book, one of the things that she says is the path to success is not a cor- you know, climbing a ladder. It's more like a jungle gym. You're kind of swinging from yes. one side to the next, kind of responding to what's available in front of you. And um, Seth Godin has a great quote that I love. He says, if you wait until you have success to commit, you'll have neither. You really have to commit. You have to say yes before you have the success. And and, and it's through doing that that you get to that place you wanted to get to. But a lot of times it's it's rocky and crazy and you don't know what the next step is. Um, but, I, but I love that advice because a lot of people are scared if they don't have that perfect plan. But, but we don't always have the perfect plans. You just have to do the next right thing. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. So let's peel that onion back even a little bit more, Christy, because I think this is such a great conversation, especially for business owners. Because look, you know, when you start your business, you know, you have nothing to lose. You don't have any clients or customers. You don't have a, you know, business. You're starting from scratch. You don't know what you don't know. Um, yes, you're putting yourself out there, but it's a different kind of thing. But then once you get into business and you're in it, it's no longer a dream right? It's the real thing. And now you have to take calculated risk constantly and push through fear constantly. And you're like, you're like my business, my life depends on it. Let's talk a little bit about facing fear, pushing through fear, um, you know, showing up every day and allowing, you know, God to be a little bit of your business partner in that, you know, what would be some of the best guidance there? Well, I think there's a myth that fear is a bad sign. And I definitely used to think this. I used to think, well, you know, if I was supposed to do this thing or or launch this project or take this opportunity, I wouldn't be so scared. I wouldn't feel so unqualified. I wouldn't feel so nervous. So fear must be a bad sign. It must be a red flag. Turn back now. Don't do it. And what I've realized and learned through my experience and coaching others is fear is actually a really normal part of the journey. You're scared because you care. You're scared because it's new. You're not scared because it's bad. It doesn't, you know, fear isn't a sign you're doing something bad. It's a sign you're doing something bold. And that's actually a really good thing. And even really successful people suffer from the imposter syndrome, from feeling like a fraud, from feeling like they're going to be found out. And so if we just start to call it what it is and realize, oh, I know this. This is familiar. I've felt this before. I've pushed through it. I can do it again. Um, it gives you permission to not be sitting around waiting to be fearless to do something. Because if you do that, you'll never do anything. Instead, you just do it scared. You do it while you're scared. You do it while you're shaking in your shoes. You do it while you're nervous and your palms are sweating. You do the thing scared. And what's amazing is nothing will silence your fear of doing the thing like doing the thing. Nothing will silence that fear. I tell people all the time, the antidote to fear is action. Or Vincent Van Gogh said, if you have a voice inside your head that says you cannot paint, then by all means paint and that voice will be silenced. And so I think a lot of people think, well, this is a bad sign. I've got to sit around. I've got to wait till I'm confident, wait till I'm quote unquote ready. I'm like, ready is a myth. You just go for it, ready or not. And so when we understand that it is a normal part of the journey, then we can become familiar with that feeling enough to where we develop these muscles of saying, yeah, I'm going to feel the fear, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Because you you never outrun it. You never outgrow it. You never outperform it. You're never so successful. You're never scared anymore. If you are, then I I, I would question like, do you still care? You know, because you're, you're probably scared because you care and something's on the line. And that's actually a good thing. Now, of course you will get confidence in certain areas And you will become qualified and competent and you won't be scared anymore. I'm not scared to walk on a stage anymore unless it's just a giant stage or an audience that I'm unfamiliar with. Like I run out there. I've been speaking professionally for 10 years, but the moment you do something new. So I'm writing a devotional right now. The moment you do something new, then those fears creep up. Well, I don't know if I can do this. 
I, well, this feels different. This feels new. Again, I've never done this before because there's this unknown of I've never done it. And I love how Joyce Meyer says, new levels, new devils. Oh, every time. so good. Yeah. Every time you do something new, there's going to be a new fear because you've never done it. And fear is going to try to torment you with these terrifying possibilities of what's going to happen if you do it. But guess what? You just do it. And then you survived and you're like, see, I did it. I can do the next thing. And, and so I think that when you start to get comfortable enough with the feeling of fear, just understanding that it's normal and it's actually a good sign that you care, then you don't have to wait until you're not scared to do something. You just do it scared and you keep going and it doesn't have to intimidate you and keep you stuck anymore. Ah, oh, love that. So, so true. <laughs> really powerful stuff there, Christy. So speaking of fear, I think one of the biggest fears that business owners have, besides hiring a team and spending money on advertising, but we'll leave those for another day, is <laughs> narrowing their niche to truly mm. commit to who they're going to serve. Mm. I see so many business owners that it's like one day it looks like they're doing this, the next day it looks like they're doing that, um, changing, rearranging, and it's like their lack of clarity then creates a, a confusion in the market. And then we know a confused mind doesn't buy, right? A confused right, mind says, right. no, it shuts down. So let's talk a little bit about getting over the fear of niching in. And maybe you can give some of the tips and strategies that you share with your women um, around really narrowing your focus so that you can grow more quickly. Yeah, there's there's so much to this. This is such an important conversation. So I think I think you hit on one thing that's really important to call out initially, and that is that entrepreneurs are commitment phobes. Like they're, yes. they're absolutely paralyzed <laughs> and terrified of commitments because why? Because we have 900 ideas a day. Don't you dare lock me into one idea. I don't want to marry one idea. I want all the ideas. The problem is entrepreneurs, because they love all their ideas, they try to execute all their ideas at one time. And what I try to encourage people is pick one idea. What is the quickest win? What is the lowest hanging fruit? What are you the most qualified in? What are you going to be the most successful at the fastest? What can you be the absolute best in the market at? Pick that idea. It might not even be your favorite idea, but just pick that idea and run with that idea and make that idea successful. Get some money in the bank, get your confidence up, make, make some mistakes on a small scale. And then maybe in the future, you integrate idea number two, if it works with number one, or maybe you switch gears. But I think the problem is we're trying this shotgun approach to be everything to everyone because we don't want to give up our ideas. I'm not saying those ideas will never come to life. Some won't, but it doesn't mean all of those dreams have to die except one. I think there's just fear of like, I have to pick one thing and be this one thing forever. And that's just not true. People add things to their product offering all the time. Their business evolves. I, I'm going through this right now where we are in a season of shifting our focus from five years of being solely business. Well, we started out with just business for the starters. And then we incorporated the dreamers that don't have ideas and the builders that are further along. And now we're looking at how we can help all women that don't even have businesses because we're seeing them show up or responding to market. And so what we realize is that entrepreneurs, you know, we're starting businesses and business is a conversation with the marketplace. A conversation happens when two people participate. So you're going to put your business idea out there, whatever that may be, whatever one idea that you're going to pick, the niche you're going to focus on, the market's going to respond. They're going to say, we love it or we hate it or a little more of this or a little less of this. And you're always iterating. You're always changing and improving. You might even pivot or change paths and, and that's okay. So I think if we can first just get over our fear 
if I'm going to marry this idea for the rest of my life, I'm going to be a hundred years old, still having this business looking the exact same way. That's not business. And that's not at all what we're saying, but we do need to be focused on one thing if we want to be successful. And there's a lot of different strategies of how you can do that. I think that the important thing to start with is to ask yourself some really insightful questions before you move forward with any idea. So ask yourself, what's the goal? Like, what's the goal of this idea? What's your why? Why do you want to start any business? Why do you want to start this business? What do you hope it's going to do for you? What do you hope it's going to do for your family? What do you hope it's going to do for the market? What problem does it solve for the market? Um, you know, and, and when you start to ask some questions about why and what's the goal and where are we going and what's the purpose, that right there will narrow down at least half of your ideas and half of your uh, different branches of your business to have more focus because we think all of our ideas are brilliant. As entrepreneurs, we have 100 ideas a day and they're all brilliant. Mm-hmm. But when you start to ask some of these deeper questions, it just immediately cuts out some. And so I'll give you an example. This is a silly example from when I was graduating college, but when I graduated college, I told my mom, I said, I think I want to be an event planner. I'm really, really creative. I'm great at hospitality. I'm great at throwing parties. Like I want to be an event planner. I think that's perfect for me. That's what I want to do with my life. And my mom was like, okay, well, that sounds cool. Um, you need to think about the reality of it though, because sometimes things sound really awesome. And then the reality is not as awesome. She goes, so here's when event planners work. They work nights, weekends, and holidays. Do you want to work nights, weekends, and holidays? And I was like, no. She's like, and if you get married to someone that works in nine to five, then you know you would never see each other. And I was like, oh, well, the reality didn't match my ideas about it. When you start to ask yourself some of these deeper questions about you know, your, your ideas, you'll realize, oh, wow, this idea sounds fun, but the reality isn't fun. Or this sounds fun, but it's not profitable. Or this sounds fun on the surface, but gosh, this doesn't get me to where I want to be in five years. And so when you just back out of the excitement of your many things that are going on in your head and say, what's the goal? Where, where do I want to be personally in five years, 10 years? Where do I want my business to be? And then which ideas move me in that direction? And you start to ask some harder questions, like what's the problem that it solves and who's the market and how big is the market? Um, gosh, you, you'll start to get more and more focused, more and more niche, but you have confidence in that niche versus just feeling like, well, I'm just going to pick something randomly and then cut out everything else. You've chosen that niche on purpose intentionally and you can have confidence in that. And I don't, I think it relieves some of that fear. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I I think that, you know, again, I think so many times things in entrepreneurship can be a little counterintuitive, right? I, I think that for many people, they think to themselves, well, if I lock into this one thing, you know, I'm going to miss out on all of these other opportunities. And I think that, what most people don't understand, especially if you don't have like a heavy business background coming into small business is there's an opportunity cost, right? There's an opportunity cost for every single thing you say yes to, you're saying no to something else, right? right? So, you know, when, when you're dispersing your energy in 15 different directions, you're going to get a lot less progress on a lot more things, you know, and, and not really be able to make enough progress to create any momentum or, or mastery or scale. Right. Whereas if you lock into that idea and you walk through, I love the exercise that you just gave Christy, which is like, is it the excitement of the idea? Or did you actually like walk it through and see what it's going to translate and look like once you're in it, right? I think that's a step everybody forgets. So I really love that exercise. 
But I think, you know, locking in on that thing and following it through to completion and, and getting a significant amount of time under your belt, you know, we, you know, mastery takes 10,000 hours. And I think in the micro minute world that we live in, you look at your business and there's almost nothing that you've done for 10,000 hours. Right? right. And then we wonder why we aren't getting the results that we want. So I think these are so many good, powerful things, you know, that you're mentioning here. I love what you said about counterintuitive, because that's really what it is. It feels counterintuitive because it does feel like you're leaving money on the table. You're saying, OK, well, if I've got 15 products that I could sell, why would I only sell three? If I could sell 15, I would sell. But because you're not really branded as anything then no one comes to you for anything. So your sales and your customer base is so much lower because you haven't clearly defined your brand in their mind. So I tell people all the time, figure out what you want to be known for and go be that. So pick the three products or whatever the, the, the niche, the brand is you want to be known for, go be that. And what's going to happen is your customer base is going to go up because they know, oh, you go to her for that. You go to him for that. Even though you've taken these other 12 products that were competing or confusing off the table, you're, it has offset it so much that you're actually making more money and more successful with three than you ever would have been with 15. I'll use a running example. This sounds so silly. I run marathons and it sounds counterintuitive to start out slow and then get faster. You think, oh, I'm just going to run as fast as I can and then hold on. But your body needs time to warm up. So you actually do what runners call negative splits. So if you're going to run 13 miles, every mile should get faster. So you're doing a 10 minute mile, then a 945, then a 930, then a 915. That seems counterintuitive. It also seems counterintuitive to rest or walk. Well, you can actually run faster paces during your running time if you stop and walk at the water breaks. And so you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to push through, just skip the water breaks. But you're running an overall slower average time than you would if you stopped, let your body catch a breath and then ran because you'll run faster overall. And so some of these counterintuitive things, it sounds silly or weird, but if you can trust that a million successful people have done it and so there must be something to it, whether it's running or in business, um, give it a try and see how, and it's going to take some time to brand yourself in that space. But when you do, it more than offsets what you have given up in opportunity cause what you've given up and taken those products or competing businesses off the table because you're a, you're a specific brand in the customer's mind and they know exactly what to come to you for. And you become the expert in that space. And so your customer base, your revenue more than offsets what you lost in, in shutting down those other aspects. Yes. So, yep. So, so powerful. And I love, that's such a good example with, with exercise, you know, to really show, that concept of, you know, the, these things within entrepreneurship that are so counterintuitive, but yet when you understand them, they're so simple and powerful, which is awesome. So Christy, you obviously um, know a lot about putting on successful events. The Business Boutique um, has another event coming up in October, which is fantastic. Um, first of all, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about what you've done to make these events so successful and some of the biggest lessons learned. And then why don't we talk about the one that you guys have coming up in October and how people can grab their ticket. Yeah, thank you. So we, we actually started the entire business boutique brand with an event, which everybody doesn't do that. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone. But here's why we did that. We started the entire brand with a event because we know events. As a company, we do events really well. We've done events for years. And so that would be my advice for your listeners Maybe for you and it's an event, maybe for you, it's a podcast, maybe for you, it's a you know product, uh, maybe for you, it's um, a book or an ebook or something. But 
start your business with what you know well, with what you can succeed at easily. The lowest hanging fruit, the quickest win, uh, just make it easy on yourself to be successful. If you start it with something you don't know at all, gosh, the learning curve is huge. The cost is huge. The 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 time to market is so much slower. So um, we started with an event. We know events. We've done them really well um, for years. And so we launched the Business Boutique event. And then out of that event came the book, the podcast, the coaching group, we've added different legs to our business um, in response to the market and the need, but we started with what we knew the best. And so, yes, we've done it every year since 2015. We've done some one day versions in the spring and then the fall, we do a big three day um, event. We just bring in speakers from all over the country that are experts in their space. So anything from social media to selling, certainly managing your money in your business, email marketing, time management, all the things that we um, need as entrepreneurs to chase the stream and build a business. And so the one coming up this fall is about half sold out, but we've uh, got some tickets left. It's October 24th through the 26th. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. We've got, um, obviously I'm speaking, Dave Ramsey is speaking. We've got um, Jasmine Starr that's speaking on social media. She's just awesome. Bob Goff, who's hilarious and everyone's best friend um, and just a ton of other speakers that are covering a variety of topics that these small business owners need. So um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's every year we try to change it up every year. We change out our speakers. Um, but the the constant is that we have a lot of fun and we learn a lot. So when they walk out that door on the third day, they're ready to charge hell with a water pistol and uh, chase that dream. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is fantastic. Awesome. So uh, definitely want to encourage the listeners to check out everything you guys are doing and, and learn learn more about the Business Boutique event. Where's the best place for people to um, stay connected with you, Chrissy? Yeah, businessboutique.com. Everything you need is there from tickets to the podcast, articles, or my social media. It's all right there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Great, great conversation. I think there's a lot of good insight for all of our listeners, things to reflect on and, of course, take action on. So thank you for being here. Awesome. Thanks for what you do and thanks for having me. You got it. All right. To all of our listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, thank you so, so much for all of your support. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Hold on one more thing before you go. As a valued listener of Unstoppable Success Radio, I want to help you build your business, not just during the times that you're listening to the show, but all day, every day, every week of the year. I have a new Facebook group called The Tribe of Unstoppables, and it's a place for you to come gather with other successful, driven, passionate entrepreneurs, creating financial freedom for their families and building a life and legacy of impact and significance. If you want to be a part of the community where you can network, get leads, gain referrals, build your business, and get unbelievable free trainings from myself and my team, go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. That's kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. Or you can just pop into Facebook and search Tribe of Unstoppables. Drop me a note and let me know when you join. Can't wait to see you there.